Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. Let's talk about the flip phone. The flip phone was awesome when all you had was a flip phone. But the moment that the iPhone came out, the flip phone became obsolete, did it not? Well, I don't know if I believe you or not. Mark's not a believer. He's going to be. With a flip phone, all you can do is call. If you can text somebody, that's the greatest thing in the world because flip phones are terrible, right? So you can call somebody, and because we've had it for so long, you may think, well, I've had it for so long, so you're the denying the technology of the iPhone because you're used to the flip phone. The flip phone can't do much. It doesn't have an app. It can barely text. You're never going to have an email if you need it for work. It's never going to work. If you need some kind of Google, has anybody ever used Google or, or Yahoo or Twitter or Twitter or whatever they call it, you would never get that from an iPhone. And that's completely okay if you're okay with that. But the problem with this is this technology should have been thrown away the moment the iPhone came out because this is the old covenant. Right? Mark's still like, mm mm. <laughs> the only problem with the, this phone is that the, the technology, some of the technology can be transferred to the iPhone. I have an iPhone X. Believe it or not, this is the brand new phone and it is now obsolete because they have come out with a new one. Because technology is always moving forward, right? And so God understood that we could never live by the covenant of the flip phone. So he said, I'm going to bring Jesus Christ who is the iPhone, right? Now, let me tell you about my iPhone. I've had the iPhone since the very first one came out. And Luke puts apps on this phone and I don't even know what half of them do. It can give me things that I don't even know how to work yet because it is so equipped to handle everything I need. It can do everything but brush my teeth and there's an app for that. Right? So why would I stick with the flip phone that all it can do is call when I have the ability to have the iPhone life at my fingertips? It's because I'm used to it. It's okay with me because I'm used to the flip phone. It's, oh, it's, the flip phone's good. I can call people. But why would you keep the flip phone? Why would you stay in the old covenant of legalism when you can have the new covenant of Christ, which is ten times better? It gives you access to everything that God has. Amen? They're always coming out with new apps. They're always coming out with new things. I can access Google. I can access email. I can have 69 emails if I want. I can do all these things. But the more I use the flip phone, the more I'm wasting the ability of the iPhone. Amen? The Bible, what Paul is talking about, is that you're jumping covenants. You're saying I'm hooked up with the iPhone, but I love the flip phone. And so when somebody talks to you about the iPhone, you do exactly what Mark did. I'm not switching because I like the, the phone and it goes in my truck and I don't have to do anything with it. If somebody calls me, I can answer it. Right? I'm used to the flip phone. Are you used to it? That's even worse. 
That's the breaking of the covenant. We ain't got time for that. Can I get an amen? (laughs) When you stay stuck in the old covenant, you're not getting the benefit of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ literally is the new covenant. Amen? You come to church, but nothing has changed. Because you're functioning under the wrong system. Right? When you fall from the grace of God, you fall back into condemnation. You fall back into the law. That's what people do is fall back into the law. I need to clarify something here that's very important before we move on. Grace does not mean that you have no rules. It doesn't mean that at all. It's a common misconception in the church that I can use grace whenever I want it. That's where you get the term greasy grace. But I want you to understand that in the Old Testament there were ten commandments. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross and came back, He transposed nine of the ten commandments into the New Testament. They are there just like they were in the Old Testament. They are stated the same way that they are stated in the Old Testament. But He left one out. That was this. Keep the Sabbath day holy because God, when Jesus came, He did not need a specific day. Because you are supposed to rest in the new covenant. Therefore, you should be spending time with God every day. You should be praying. You should be offering your offerings and your sacrifices to God every day. Are you hearing me? If you continue to misuse grace, what you think, what in your mind you're going to use it as is a license. I did not have the ability to drive. Could I drive? Yes. I drove three cars over the hill, went, took one car to Donato's Pizza before I ever got my license. I could drive. But did I have access to drive? No, because I did not have a license. What I'm telling you is that if you use grace as in a legalistic manner, you're using it as a license to drive. You do not use it as a license to drive because you can drive without that license when you have grace. Amen? Grace does not mean that there are no more rules. It just means that the rules are under the new system. If you have the flip phone and you upgrade to the iPhone, some of those things transfer, don't they? I can still call people on my iPhone. They can still call me on my iPhone. I got a signal on the flip phone. I got a signal on my iPhone, right? So some of the things that I have transferred over from the old covenant to the new covenant. But what I want you to understand in the new covenant of grace, the the grace or Jesus Christ was ten times better than the law. Because you were able to have this fancy word. Are you ready for it? Relationship. The signal from the flip phone was not as good as the signal in the iPhone. Grace doesn't mean that there's no rules. Grace doesn't mean that there's no guidelines. Grace doesn't mean that there's no communication. As a matter of fact, that is a misconception. And it's a misconception that pastors have been preaching all over the world. 
What does it mean, though? Grace is a system whose rules are based and focused on relationship with Christ. I'm going to say that again. Grace is a system whose rules are based on and focused on a relationship with Christ. If you do not have relationship, you will never get anywhere in the kingdom of God because it's grace that brings forth the faith or faith that brings forth the grace that causes the relationship. You have faith in God, so therefore you trust Him, so you pray to Him, you spend time with Him, you get in His Word and you find out what He wants. Therefore, it causes relationship because you first had faith, then God built your grace, and then you created relationship relationship it doesn't just pop up overnight it's a system and so it makes a big difference in how we do things with relationship you do not have rules if you keep rules you're stuck in an obsolete system in the obsolete or old system, the law, the law was the key word that caused a lot of people to be legalistic. Watch this. In the old system, the key word in the New Te- Old Testament was if. Amen? If you do this list, I will bless you. Does everybody agree? Okay. The old system was set up so that that God could give you an understanding of what was wrong with you before Christ came. So then he brought grace through Christ which gave you divine favor. Now, a lot of people quote Deuteronomy and it says, He will make the head, you the head and not the tail. You ever heard that? You will be a, a, a lender and not a borrower. And they, they misquote this because they're still in the beginning of that if you do these certain things. Right? If you do this list, I will bless you. I will protect you. I will give you good health. I will do all these things. But we already established that the list could not be completed because there was always a breakdown and you ended up being a debtor. Right? That doesn't work that way in the grace system. There's a word change. It's no longer the rules for what if or if I do, if I get... If I follow all these things, it's now rules for since or or if I am able to do this. In the old system, it was just if. In the new system, it is what I'm, I'm called that. Shoot, I'm totally messing up this thing. Let me just tell you how it is. You had if. If I could do this. But then you, because you had the if system, you were always in trouble and you're always a debtor. But the moment that Jesus Christ came, it wasn't if, it was thank you. Because grace causes you to be thank you. Right? Thank you for what you've done for me because I could not live up to the system. Amen? So the old system was I have to and the new system is thank you. I'm glad I was able to get that out because it was rough. 
So why do more people live in legalism instead of grace? Because they don't understand it. They're not thankful. Let me say it again. They're not thankful. Because you're not legalistic when you're thankful. Because you have operated under grace. Grace is when you're broken. Grace is when you can't make another step. Grace is when you've done all you can do to stand, stand therefore. Because you know that God will touch you. You know that God will take care of you. You know that God will strengthen you. You know that through His grace, by faith, I am transformed in the light and the power of Jesus Christ. So the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Are you following me? I know I'm kind of teaching you. Sometimes that really messes me up because I like to go about 110 miles an hour. More people don't live in grace because they don't understand what God has done for them. They don't appreciate what God gave them at Calvary. More people don't live by grace because they don't understand the Holy Spirit has moved on their life. Because it's not been taught. So what we get is that thank you that's so small it's almost eliminated. Because we really don't trust the grace of God and the thank you that we're giving him. Because we still think that we've got to live legalistically. Well, pastor, I don't understand what you're saying. I didn't think that you would. How many of you would tell your children, if you obey me, I will love you? How many of you would do that? If you clean your bedroom, I'll love you. If the bathroom doesn't look like a cyclone hit it when you get out of the tub and there's not water that I got to clean up everywhere, I will love you if. How many of you would do that to your kids? None of you, right? If you take out the trash, I love you. If, 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 if. Right? If you don't, I don't love you. If you don't, I'm not going to care for you. If you don't, I can't protect you. If you don't, I can't feed you. You're not going to talk to your children that way, are you? The last time I checked in the New Testament, the Bible says that God became our Father. I hope that you wouldn't talk to your children like that. Because that's crazy talk, isn't it? So what God did is He realized that there was no way for the if factor to remain in biblical principle. So with Jesus Christ in the New Testament, He took away the if and He said, I have supplied everything you need the moment that salvation occurs. Amen? I talked to you Sunday, not this Sunday, but last, about you being a seed. You're not an adolescent, you're not an adult. You're a seed. And that seed has all of the ability to spring forth life if it's cultivated. If you plant it. You can take a watermelon. Say, I don't want to get into that because I'm going to talk to you about that on Sunday morning. You want your children to do what you ask them to do, right? But 
what I want you to understand is with Jesus Christ, just like with Jesus Christ, you want your children to do what you've asked them to do because they feel your love. They feel the experience that you've given them through your love. They feel the expression of your love. And so therefore, you expect them to do what you've asked, right? You want it to be a thank you obedience. Not a half-hearted obedience. If, I, if you don't do this, I'm going to take off my belt. You're living under the law of a threat. Therefore, there can be no love. That's why the whole Ten Commandments are negative. You ever thought of how negative they are? Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Say what? Thou shalt not. Because you're constantly living under a threat. Thou shalt not is a threat. Is it not? Or thou shalt not? When Christ came and died on Calvary, he flipped the switch. Everything I'm going to do for you, he said, is already done. Now all we've got to do is let the grace flow, right? But how do you let the grace flow? It flows by your relationship, not by your rule, right? Once you try to earn grace, does anybody remember that we can't earn grace? Once you try to earn grace, the flow stops. And some people think, well, I have a strong enough personality that I can make this happen, right? I can scare you into obedience. Yeah. I can do all these things to make what I want done be done. But grace was, or, um, law was thrown out the window the moment that grace occurred. And so, it, listen, those $1,000 seeds of faith, amen? Send me $100 and I'll make you ruler over Uganda. It's empty words because it's a threat. It's saying, if you do this, then you'll get this. Send me $100 and I'll bless you with an airplane. Send me $100 and you'll have a Ferrari. Send me $100 and the bill you didn't get paid because you sent me the $100 will be played plus 10 more. It's a threat. If you, I'll give you. But God doesn't say that. And it's the old system. See, people live in legalism and they don't even know it. Because grandma down the street, you got to put her in a nursing home, not because you want her there, it's because she's spending all of her money with Jack on TV. And so we have to change our mindset. We have to change our understanding. Because God's not saying, give me a $1,000 seed of faith. God said the blessing already occurred the moment that you come to know Jesus Christ through salvation. It's not mind control, it's freedom. Remember, when somebody says, if you do this, I'll do this. It's legalism. It's not grace. A young lady married the man of her dreams. Before the wedding, he gave her a list of 15 things. He said, if you do these 15 things, and you do them right, our marriage will be perfect, and I will never have to ask you for another thing. They get married. 
She begins to go through the list every day. And every day at the end of the day, he comes back to her and says, let me see what you've done on the list. And they, I want to check the list. How long did it take you? Did you really do it? All these things. And she just hated it. Every day he checked the list. Every day he asked her, when did you get this done? Every day he said, well, what did you do today? Let me see the list. One day, several years later, he's driving down the road and he gets killed in a car accident. She gets the call and she's not even, she doesn't even care. I see y'all. Say what? I said she got the call and she didn't even care. She's mad. She, She didn't want nothing to do with him. She didn't care that he died. He just died. A year later, she goes on a cruise. She meets a new man. She falls in love immediately. They get off the cruise. They court for another year. They get married and they move into her house because she was established and she had a beautiful home. And she's cleaning and she's going through all these things. And she begins to laugh one day because she finds the list of 15 things. The reason that she laughed is because she looked at the list of 15 things and she realized for the new husband she was doing exactly what she was doing for the old husband. But she enjoyed it. She wasn't mad about it. It wasn't a problem and she laughed because she thought, I wonder why it's this way. And the fact of the matter was is the old husband, the old covenant had no relationship, but the new covenant loved her, cherished her, took care of her. Therefore, she did all the things on the list and didn't even realize it because she had relationship. Amen? And so... This new covenant and this old covenant thing is very important. Relationship. The only way that the law can be fulfilled is by relationship. You ever seen... We don't have these in MacArthur. The only reason I know about them is because my aunt lives in a $5 million home in Westerville, Ohio. They have doggy parks. No, no, this is a thing. Let me give you the example of this thing. People literally take time out of their day. I'm just blown away away by it. They take time out of their day to take their dog to the doggy park. Okay, the doggy park is not just a circle where you walk your dog and pick up its poop with that little glove that you buy from Sam's Club. They have little things that you can jump over, little things that dogs can go through. But there is one problem with the doggy park. You have to keep your dog on a leash. Why would we keep our dog on a leash? Because we're afraid that the dog is going to get away from us or run too far and he's not going to stay where he needs to stay. So the only reason for a leash is to keep the dog at a limited distance to keep it in a certain location to keep it from getting away from us. We have control. Right? Have you ever seen the dog that's not on the leash but it stays by the owner? No matter where the owner goes, the dog stays closely behind it or right beside him. It's because of the relationship with the dog to the owner. 
See, if all we want to do is keep the dog chained up and pull him every time he does something wrong, he's not going to want to be close to you because there is no relationship. But the moment that you love the dog, cherish the dog, take care of the dog, you can walk right next to the dog and never need a leash. Why? Because the dog wants to protect you. The dog wants to take care of you. Just like in the New Covenant, God wants to protect you. He wants to take care of you. He don't want you to be legalistic because He knows this, that you're broken and you're messed up and the only thing that covers you is the grace of God. Amen? I'm almost done. Pastor, you call me a dog? No. I'm just saying if the shoe fits. Listen to what the Bible says in Matthew 15, 27. And she said, truth, Lord... Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Amen. I want to be a dog. Dogs are loyal. Dogs are able to protect. We talk about the sheep dog in the Bible. We talk about the shepherd in the Bible. What you have to understand is that a, a shepherd is ten times better with the sheep dog. Because the sheepdog has been trained to herd. The sheepdog has been trained to keep the sheep in the proper place. Amen? And so if we had a lot more sheepdogs in the church, the church would be way different. Because I'm not going to lie to you, the Bible is crystal clear. It says sheep are dumb. I hate to tell you, but I'm a sheep. So on my brightest day, I'm still dumb. As a light bulb that's broken. Right? A light bulb can look perfectly normal until you flip the switch. A broken light bulb does not have to be busted in a million pieces. When you flip on the light, the light bulb can look perfectly normal. And you flip on the switch and it doesn't work. And when you unscrew it and put the new bulb in, you find out that the filaments broke. Right? What legalism does is take the law and put you on a leash. I got to hurry. Jesus Christ wants us to worship because we love him. He, he wants us to, to praise him because we cherish him. Amen? He wants us to serve Him because we love Him. He wants us to appreciate Him because we love Him. All these things He wants us to do is because He understands that through our relationship, through our holy line called prayer, we can have an advocate with the Father that keeps us out of trouble. Listen, your sin, your problem, your fear, listen, the things that you cry about in the middle of the night, I want you to understand you have a direct line through heaven to heaven called Jesus Christ. Prayer. Prayer is the key. If we're not praying, if we're not spending time with God, I don't care what happens in this church. We can grow to 5,000, but we'll be a user-friendly people because we're not linking up to the power station of heaven called prayer. Lord, help me. If you grow in grace, you grow into a deeper experience with Jesus Christ. Grace becomes a part of the law. It transforms the law. 
Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm so glad that you said that. Galatians 1 and 7, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are angels from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you that which is we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we saw before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you that ye have received, let him be accursed. Romans 5.17, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. You rule that which used to rule you when you understand the grace of God. It's a being able to say no to that thing that you never had a chance to be disconnected from before and always had to say yes to. Are you hearing me? Because you're growing in a relationship in the power of Jesus Christ. And he becomes the dispenser of the grace through our relationship with him. It's like finding helium in a balloon. And it brings you above your circumstances. Amen. He brings you above your circumstances. That's why in Philippians 3.10, he said that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.